I'm Wayne Turner, and welcome to the daily podcast of Bible Track. I have developed Bible Track to be both a commentary and a daily Bible reading schedule. These podcasts cover the text and commentary, which may be found at www.bibletrack.org. So, for those who have a busy schedule but do have time to listen to the Bible being read, this podcast is for you. At the end of one year, you will have gone completely through the Bible. In today's reading, we'll be looking at Nehemiah chapters 5 through 7. Now, there's one thing that we need to make very clear about the book of Nehemiah. The rebuilding project in Jerusalem has messianic implications based upon Daniel chapter 9 verses 24 through 27. For a fuller explanation of these implications, look back at yesterday's Bible track notes on Nehemiah chapters 1 through 4, or take a look at Daniel chapter 9 verses 24 through 27, the commentary on that. In chapter 5, we see that Satan Let me just summarize to say that the rebuilding of the wall was significant inasmuch as the decree that actually was first issued in Ezra chapter 7 that uh, was to result in the rebuilding of the wall uh, was reignited here in Nehemiah chapter 2 and the decree actually is stated that 483 years after the issuing of the decree that would be the Ezra 7 decree but it installed uh, 483 years after that decree, the Messiah would come. So the finishing of this wall right here has some very heavy prophetic implications. That brings us then to Nehemiah chapter 5, beginning with verse 1. And there was a great cry of the people and of their wives against their brethren the Jews. For there were that said, We are sons and our daughters are many. Therefore we take up corn for them that we may eat and live. Some also were there that said, We have mortgaged our lands, vineyards, and houses, that we might buy corn because of the dearth. There were also that said, We have borrowed money for the king's tribute, and that upon our lands and vineyards. Yet now our flesh is as the flesh of our brethren, our children as their children, and long we bring into bondage our sons and our daughters to be servants. And some of our daughters are brought into bondage already. Neither is it in our power to redeem them, for other men have our lands and vineyards. And I was very angry when I heard their cry and these words. Then I consulted with myself, and I rebuked the nobles and the rulers, and said unto them, Ye exact usury every one of his brother, and I set a great assembly against them. And I said unto them, We, after our ability, have redeemed our brethren the Jews, which were sold unto the heathen, And will ye even sell your brethren, or shall they be sold unto us? Then held they their peace, and found nothing to answer. Also, I said, it is not good that ye do. Ought ye not to walk in the fear of our God because of the reproach of the heathen, our enemies? I likewise, my brethren and my servants, might exact of them money and corn. I pray you, let us leave off this usury. Restore, I pray you, to them, even this day, their lands, their vineyards, their olive yards, and their houses, also the hundredth part of the money, and of the corn, the wine, and the oil, that ye exact of them. Then said they, We will restore them, and will require nothing of them, so will we do as thou sayest. Then I called the priests, and took an oath of them, that they should do according to this promise. Also I shook my lap, and said, So God shake out every man from his house and from his labor, 
that performeth not this promise. Even thus be he shaken out and emptied. And all the congregation said, Amen, and praised the Lord, and the people did according to this promise. As a fellow pastor frequently says, It's not the money, it's the money. What else does Satan have in his bag of tricks to stop the work on this wall? How about bickering within over, of course, money? Some of the Jews began poor-mouthing against their Jewish brethren about how tough the times are because of their wall-building project. Attack from outsiders is one thing, but what about when your own relatives are giving you fits about your service to God? It was a really big struggle between the rich and the poor among the Jews here. It appears that the more financially challenged Jews were losing their property and kids to the more financially astute Jews. There was also an issue of interest being paid to fellow Jews, which was, of course, a violation of Mosaic law. Not to mention the cost of taxes paid back to the Persians. Here's the bottom line. It was, in fact, about the money. An internal struggle within the community of God's people, and Satan loves that sort of thing. As we see here, it's one of his tried and proven techniques. The solution? Well, the solution is the recognition of priorities. Just that simple. When we recognize the wiles, meaning the methods of the devil, that we see in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 11, then Satan has a tougher road to hoe when you identify who and what he is. This dissension particularly disturbs Nehemiah. He was the governor, of course, at the time. He blew his top in verse 6. When Nehemiah recognizes this problem, I like the way verse 7 is worded regarding his reaction. He says, Then I consulted with myself. Well, when the smoke had cleared, that old tried and proven tactic of turning God's people on each other had failed. Nehemiah, as their governor, had motivated the people right through and past this period of selfishness. They all make some financial concessions so that the work of God can continue. Nehemiah makes some his own personal sacrifices, beginning with verse 14. Moreover, from the time that I was appointed to be their governor of the land of Judah, from the twentieth year even into the two and thirtieth year of Artaxerxes the king, that is, twelve years, I and my brethren have not eaten the bread of the governor. But the former governors that had been before me were chargeable unto the people, and had taken of them bread and wine, beside forty shekels of silver, yea, even their servants bear rule over the people, but so did not I because of the fear of God. Yea, also I continued in the work of this wall, neither bought we any land, and all my servants were gathered thither into the work. Moreover, there were at the table an hundred and fifty of the Jews and rulers, besides those that came unto us from the, among the heathen that are about us. Now that which was prepared for me daily was one ox and six choice sheep. Also fowls were prepared for me, and once in ten days store of all sorts of wine. Yet for all this required I not the bread of the governor, because the bondage was heavy upon this people. Think upon me, my God, for good, according to all that I have done for this people. In these last six verses, Nehemiah reveals a little more about his passion for the wall rebuilding project. He made his own significant financial sacrifices as governor over these Jews. He did not take his governor's wages from them, and he even put his own servants to work on the wall. 
Moreover, he personally fed many of the workers from his own table during this time. He concludes his explanation in verse 19 by saying, Think upon me, my God, for good, according to all that I have done for this people, meaning the Jewish people. A conspiracy against the reputation of godly leadership uh, ensues in chapter 6, beginning with verse 1. Now it came to pass when Sanballat and Tobiah and Geshem the Arabian and the rest of our enemies heard that I had built the wall, and that there was no breach left therein, though at that time I had not set up the doors upon the gates. Then Sanballat and Geshem sent unto me, saying, Come, let us meet together in some of the villages in the plain of Ono, but they thought to do me mischief. And I sent messengers unto them, saying, I am doing a great work, so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease whilst I leave it and come down to you? Yet they sent unto me four times after this sort, and I answered them after the same manner. Then sent Sanballat his servant unto me in like manner the fifth time with an open letter in his hand, wherein was written, It is reported among the heathen, and Gashmu saith it, that thou and the Jews think to rebel, for which cause thou buildest the wall, that thou mayest be their king according to these words. And thou also hast appointed prophets to preach of thee at Jerusalem, saying, There is a king in Judah. And now shall it be reported to the king according to these words, Come now, therefore, and let us take counsel together. Then I sent unto him, saying, There are no such things done as thou sayest, but thou feignest them out of thine own heart. For they all made us afraid, saying, Their hands shall be weakened from the work, that it be not done. Now therefore, O God, strengthen my hands. Afterward I came to the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, the son of Mahetabael, who was shut up. And he said, Let us meet together in the house of God within the temple, and let us shut the doors of the temple, for they will come to slay thee, yea, in the night will they come to slay thee. And I said, Should such a man such as I flee? And who is there? that, being as I am, would go into the temple to save his life. I will not go in. And lo, I perceived that God had not sent him, but that he had pronounced his prophecy against me, for Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. Therefore was he hired that I should be afraid, and do so, and sin, and that they might have matter for an evil report, that they might reproach me. My God, think upon Tobiah and Sanballat according to their works, and on the prophetess Noadiah, and the rest of the prophets, that they would have put me in fear. Well, the word is out. The wall around the city is rebuilt, with only the setting of the gates remaining to be done here. Sanballat sends an open letter to Nehemiah after Nehemiah refuses for request for a meeting about this Jerusalem rebuilding project. Now keep in mind, Nehemiah is the governor over the region. The letter accuses Nehemiah of preparing to rebel against the king of Persia. But Nehemiah didn't fall for that ploy. Then Shemaiah, probably a priest, encouraged Nehemiah through a prophecy to hide out in the temple for fear of life. Look at Nehemiah's reply to him in verse 11. And I said, Should such a man as I flee... And who is there that, being as I am, would go into the temple to save his life? 
I will not go in. Nehemiah deducts that Sanballat had put Shemaiah up to that also, and that the prophecy was a fake, we see in verse 12. Sanballat had his evil buddies conjecture this, If we scare him, he'll stop and run. He'll abandon his principles. But it didn't stop Nehemiah at all. He kept working until the wall was complete. We find the completion of the wall in verses 15 through 19. So the wall was finished in the twenty and fifth day of the month of Elul in fifty and two days. And it came to pass when all our enemies heard thereof, and all the heathen that were about us saw these things, they were much cast down in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. Moreover, in those days the nobles of Judah sent many letters unto Tobiah, and the letters of Tobiah came unto them. For there were many in Judah sworn unto him, because he was the son-in-law of Shechaniah the son of Arah, and his son Johanan had taken the daughter of Meshalom, the son of Berechiah. And they reported his good deeds before me, and uttered my words to him, and Tobiah sent letters to put me in fear. Well, we see here that despite Satan's use of evil people to stop the work and kill the beginning of the Messianic countdown, the wall is nonetheless rebuilt in 52 days. That's quite remarkable. And all the neighbors knew this. God had empowered them. Let me remind you, this wasn't just about building a wall. Notice verse 16, And it came to pass that when all our enemies heard thereof, and all the heathen that were about us saw these things, they were much cast down in their own eyes, for they perceived that this work was wrought of our God. This rebuilding project was a testimony to God before the heathen. Now in chapter 7 we have 73 verses of the names of people who are going back to Jerusalem. Now it came to pass when the wall was built, and I had set up the doors and the porters and the singers and the Levites were appointed, that I gave my brother Hanani, and Hananiah the ruler of the palace, charge over Jerusalem, for he was a faithful man and feared God above many. And I said unto them, Let not the gates of Jerusalem be open until the sun be hot. And while they stand by, let them shut the doors, and bar them, and appoint watches of the inhabitants of Jerusalem, every one in his watch, and every one to be over against his house. Now the city was large and great, but the people were few therein, and the houses were not builded. And my God put into mine heart to gather together the nobles and the rulers and the people, they might be reckoned by genealogy, and I found a register of the genealogy of them which came up the first, and found written therein. These are the children of this province that went up out of captivity of those that had been carried away, whom Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon had carried away, and came again to Jerusalem and to Judah, every one unto his city, who came with Zerubbabel, Jeshua, Nehemiah, Azariah, Ra'amiah, Nahamani, Mordecai, Bilshan, Mizpereth, Bigvai, Nehem, Ba'anah. The number, I say, of the men of the people of Israel was this, the children of Parash, two thousand and hundred seventy and two. The children of Shephatiah, three hundred seventy and two. The children of Arah, six hundred fifty and two. The children of Pehath Moab, of the children of Jeshua and Joab, two thousand and eight hundred and eighteen. 
the children of Elam, a thousand two hundred fifty and four, the children of Zatu, eight hundred forty and five, the children of Zakai, seven hundred and three score, the children of Benu I, six hundred forty and eight, the children of Bebba I, six hundred twenty and eight, the children of Asgad, two thousand three hundred twenty and two. The children of Adonacom, six hundred three score and seven. The children of Bigvai, two thousand three score and seven. The children of Aden, six hundred fifty and five. The children of Ater, of Hezekiah, ninety and eight. The children of Hashum, three hundred twenty and eight. The children of Bezai, three hundred twenty and four. The children of Harith, an hundred and twelve. The children of Gibeon, ninety and five. The men of Bethlehem and Netophah, an hundred fourscore and eight. The men of Anathoth, an hundred twenty and eight. The men of Bethoz, Maveth, forty and two. The men of Kiriah, Jerim, Kephira, and Beeroth, seven hundred forty and three. The men of Ramah and Geba, six hundred twenty and one. The men of Michmas, an hundred twenty and two. The men of Bethel and Ai, an hundred twenty and three. The men of the other Nebo, fifty and two. The children of the other Elam, a thousand two hundred fifty and four. The children of Haram, three hundred and twenty. The children of Jericho, three hundred forty and five. The children of Lod, Hadid, and Ono, seven hundred twenty and one. The children of Sana'a, three thousand nine hundred and thirty. The priests, the children of Judea, of the house of Jeshua, nine hundred seventy and three. The children of Imer, a thousand fifty and two. The children of Pashur, a thousand two hundred forty and seven. The children of Haram, a thousand and seventeen. The Levites, the children of Jeshua, of Kadmiel, of the children of Hodiva, seventy and four. The singers, the children of Asaph, an hundred forty and eight. The porters, the children of Shalom, the children of Ader, the children of Talmon, the children of Akub, the children of Hatita, the children of Shabai, an hundred thirty and eight. The Nethanims, the children of Zaiha, the children of Hasufa, the children of Tebaoth, the children of Kiros, the children of Siah, the children of Padon. The children of Labana, the children of Hageba, the children of Shamai, the children of Hanan, the children of Gedel, the children of Gehar, the children of Raia, the children of Reason, the children of Dakota, the children of Gazam, the children of Uzza, the children of Fasiah, the children of Basai, the children of Meunim, the children of Nephishesim, the children of Bakbuk, the children of Hakufa, the children of Harher. The children of Bosleth, the children of Mehida, the children of Harsha, the children of Barkas, the children of Sisera, the children of Tama, the children of Neziah, the children of Hatifa, the children of Solomon's servants, the children of Sotai, the children of Sophereth, the children of Parida, the children of Jaala, the children of Darkon, the children of Gedel, the children of Shephatiah, the children of Hatil. The children of Pachareth of Zabaim, the children of Ammon, all the Nethanims and the children of Solomon's servants were three hundred ninety and two. 
And these were they which went up also from Telmela, Telharsha, Carib, Aden, and Emer. But they could not show their father's house, nor their seed, whether they were of Israel. The children of Deleah, the children of Tobiah, the children of Nakoda, 640 and 2. And of the priests, the children of Hebeah, the children of Koz, the children of Barzillai, which took one of the daughters of Barzillai, the Gileadite, to wife, and was called after their name. These sought their register among those that were reckoned by genealogy, but it was not found. Therefore were they, as polluted, put from the priesthood. And the Tershitha said unto them that they should not eat of the most holy things, till there stood up a priest with the Urim and Thummim. The whole congregation together was forty and two thousand three hundred and three score. Beside their manservants and their maidservants, of whom there were seven thousand three hundred thirty and seven. They had two hundred forty and five singing men and singing women. Their horses were seven hundred thirty and six, their mules two hundred forty and five, their camels four hundred thirty and five, six thousand seven hundred and twenty asses. And some of the chief of the fathers gave into the work. The Toshetha gave to the treasure a thousand drums of gold, fifty basins, five hundred and thirty priest garments. Some of the chief of the fathers gave to the treasure of the work twenty thousand drums of gold and two thousand and two hundred pounds of silver. And that which the rest of the people gave was twenty thousand drums of gold and two thousand pounds of silver and threescore and seven priest garments. So the priests and the Levites and the porters and the singers and some of the people and the Nethanims and all Israel dwelt in their cities, and when the seventh month came, the children of Israel were in their cities. So now Nehemiah finished rebuilding the city, and it needs populating. He lo locates the genealogy records, naming the previous inhabitants of the city and the people, their descendants, of course. And they start rolling out into that big old vacant city. They bring gifts with them. Here's the plan in verse 6. These are the children of the province that went up out of the captivity of those that had been carried away whom Nebuchadnezzar the king of Babylon had carried away and came again to Jerusalem and to Judah, everyone into his city. The remainder of this chapter contains the names of the list of inhabitants we saw in Ezra chapter 2. There's an issue with some so-called priests here in verses 63 through 65. Ezra also mentions it in Ezra chapter 2, verses 61 through 63. The ancestors of these men had married into the priesthood. That's unacceptable. It's got to be in the genes. No more priesthood for these guys unless it can be proved that they themselves are in the bloodline of priestly families. They might be able to resume their duties when they get an official word from a high priest with the Urim and Thummim. Our first reference to the Urim and Thummim, by the way, is found in Exodus chapter 28, verse 30, where it says, Thou shalt put in the breastplate of judgment the Urim and Thummim, and they shall be upon Aaron's heart when he goeth in before the Lord, and Aaron shall bear the judgment of the children of Israel upon his heart before the Lord continually. We're not sure what these two items look like exactly, and they are only mentioned seven times in the Old Testament altogether. They obviously had much to do with knowing God's will. These items were placed into the breastplate of the high priest, beginning with Aaron. So finally repopulated, verse 73 says, So the priests and the Levites and the porters and the singers and some of the people and the Nethanims, who were temple servants, and all Israel dwelt in their cities, 
And when the seventh month came, the children of Israel were in their cities. How many? Well, verse 68 tells us there were 42,360 who returned at this time. This concludes our podcast for today. I'm Wayne Turner, and if you'd like to read along with our commentary online, go to www.bibletrack.org. Thank you for listening in today. The background music for these podcasts is an original composition written by the music director of Faith Bible Church, Paul Walton.